A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Lucy Dacus. And it's a lovely chat. Uh, Lucy's chats to me from her home in Philadelphia. Uh, and we talk about some wonderful records. Loads of really good records, actually. There's not a bad choice on this one. Uh, they're all extremely cool as well. And... Yeah, and she's got taste way beyond her years, so uh, lots of the records kind of form me, uh, sort of fall into the my formative years. So I get overexcited um, about lots of her choices. So uh, it's a it's a great little natter, and uh, and it'll be starting very soon. Not before I've done a few thank yous. So thank you to Scribius Pip and everyone at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to. Uh, to my guy 76 for producing this podcast thanks to you lot 2022 we're here and you're still here you're still supporting the podcast 350 episodes in uh still having these chats with these wonderful creative people and i'm still just as excited to talk records with them as i was on episode one um go check out that back catalog because like i said it's 350 episodes with some of your favorite musicians djs producers comedians you know artists as diverse as idols to sleep mods to motley crew to foo fighters uh to joe hartley thomas turgoose uh suede um gosh i was looking for the chuck d of public enemy um fat boy slim oh god uh, do you know what I always say the same ones, and I'm racking my brains to think of some uh, some others, but uh, it all escapes me now. Alex Lowe and Sean Keaveney, they were two that somebody mentioned to me today that they enjoyed. So they're two really lovely episodes. Yeah, go check out the ones with Alex Lowe and, and Sean Keaveney. But right now, check out today's episode. Please enjoy Off the Beat and Track podcast with the lovely Lucy Dacus. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the cacao bar and there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, And what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beat and track listeners, go over there, answer a question and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. 
I'll get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Okay, we're recording. Lucy, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Whereabouts in the world are you today? I'm in Philadelphia in my house where I live. <laughs> it's so weird. You're the second yeah. podcast I've done today. Uh, and the one that I've done previously, uh, my guest uh, spent all of his kind of early years up to he was 20 in Philadelphia. So, yeah, Philly's... Oh, who uh, was it? Philly, uh, his name's Jim Benner. He's... Um, he, he he worked uh, at, at XFM in the UK for years, and uh, and he's now heading up um, War Child, and he's doing lots of. Uh, he's just released a, a record with loads of kind of indie acts from the UK for uh, a Christmas uh, album for War Child. But yeah, bizarre cool. Philadelphia two yeah, in one day. Yeah, that is weird. I'll be interested to know what the home county act is then. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, first things first. The song with the greatest ever intro, please. I chose, and I'd be surprised if nobody else chose this, but Let's Go Crazy by Prince. Um, I feel like that's the most memorable intro of any like record that I've heard. I'll be honest with you. It's, I think of all of them, that's probably been chosen the most. I Dang think, it. Like, I feel like uh, I should choose a different one. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're saying with the greatest intro and everybody agrees that it's Let's Go Crazy. Well, let's talk about it. that. Like, though, because yeah. let's not, we can never gloss over Prince. It's like uh-huh. there's, there's too much to discuss. But I think the reason I, I think when I say a lot of people have chosen that, I've done 350 of these, Lucy. And wow. I think maybe five people have chose that. So it, it's okay. not. And, and it it deserves its place there because it's. I think you get songs that have got like slow kind of gradual um, kind of intros and then you've got like your beat was help, which is just bang straight in. And I think this kind of does both. You kind of, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like him being like dearly beloved. You're like, wait, I was trying to hear a song. What am I actually listening to? And it takes you out of like your usual listening experience and it puts you into just like a human experience. Um, and I feel like he like takes people on a journey. Like that's what he's trying to do in his music and with his records anyways. Um, my mom actually like saw Prince and uh, there was like a, she says like 20 minute part of the show is probably more like two minutes where he like left the stage and was just chanting from off stage. Like I am God, I am God. <laughs> And uh, her little Christian brain just like blew up at that. Is this something you, you're going to potentially factor into some of your future live shows? Just chanting that I am God. Why not? <laughs> Throw it out there. Hmm. Maybe if I get promoted to God, then I'll uh, I'll let people know. But I think with, with that intro, you, you do get that where it takes you into that sort of that human area. And like, and you just get caught up in that. But when the song kicks, it really kicks, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You're held like in suspension yeah. until the song really kicks in. Yeah, and you really get the payoff, I think. Yeah. Also, like, let's go crazy. Could be a really like vapid type of sentiment. Yeah. But because of the intro, it makes it really deep. It's like you know. Life is such a, like, 
precious and momentary thing. So let's just choose to go crazy. You're a big Prince fan. Yeah, I'm a huge Prince fan. How did that come about? My mom loves Prince. I mean, I just said she went to one of his shows, but yeah, I, I grew up with a lot of Christian music and a lot of musical theater and then also Prince because of my mom and Bruce Springsteen because my dad, but yeah, it was like one of the like weirdest musicians that my parents had in the house. Yeah. Um, and I just, I love him. Was it, aside from sort of that sort of thing, was it a musical household? Was, it, was was there music on a lot? Yeah, my mom is a pianist, so she was playing piano a lot, doing lessons. Um, she works like four jobs. She's an elementary school music teacher. She plays piano for theater. She teaches piano, and she plays piano in church. So it's all all music. And my dad plays guitar, and um, he'll like put on songs that he likes and like play along. That's kind of his his jam. So there was always instruments laying around in the house. Mm-hmm. Would you be picking them up at an early age? Um, my mom tried to teach me piano when I was like five and she'd be like, this is a C. And I'd be like, no, it isn't. And she's like, okay, I have no patience for you. You don't deserve my, my knowledge. You don't deserve, I don't deserve you talking to me like that. So, um, yeah, I never learned piano. Um, and I wasn't really interested in guitar either until like middle school. Yeah. Like it just seemed like, uh, I don't know why it didn't occur to me. I think maybe I thought like, Oh, my dad does that. Dudes do that. Like my chance was with piano. Cause like girls play piano and I missed it. So yeah, I didn't really like untie that knot until later. You, you mentioned that your mom had four jobs and you, you've chosen industry to, to, to pursue that he's famously very, very difficult. Um, would you say sort of seeing, you know, that kind of work ethic had an effect on you? Yeah, I think so. She's a very busy lady. I feel like her busyness is part of her personality at this point. Yeah. Like she doesn't know what to do with herself in downtime. So she's always, always working and she does always like ask about work and drilled it into me and my brother. Like you have to support yourself. Like at first, like my parents were not excited about me doing music. Cause they were like, you're not going to make a living. Um, and now that I pay my rent with music, they're very pleased. But, um, yeah, that was like a, a major priority growing up is being like financially able to take care of yourself. Well, well, let's go back to, to, to those early earlier times. And, and I'm going to ask you now for track two, please, to, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. So my first answer was the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack, which is not one song. But okay. um, like I said, my mom like plays piano for musicals and she had that CD, which was like a double CD. And I would listen to it from like top to bottom and just like lay on my floor and cry as I was like eight years old. Um, but I think, uh, beyond an entire soundtrack. Um, I remember hearing five years by David Bowie Wow! and feeling really affected by that. Affected how? What would the emotion be? Well, I felt like, uh, it was just different than anything I had heard. And maybe it was like one of the first songs that, uh, 
didn't make sense to me immediately. Cause you know, like growing up with like these really, uh, like in church and in musicals, like the lyrics have to be so understandable. Cause you're like trying to send a very specific message. There's a lot of repetition. It's really simple. Um, whereas like the writing of that one was more like poetic and artful and, uh, like, even though I didn't really get what was going on, I felt like this mournful feeling. And also like his voice was edgy. Like it didn't, it wasn't like pristine the way that like I'd been taught a voice sounded good. Um, and I think that like, I mean, that song has to do with like the passing of time and like the rarity of time. And I was always obsessed with death as a kid and like loss, like any kids movies that had like allusions to loss. I just like would rewatch over and over. Um, so why yeah, do, why, I just why like, do you think that was? I think uh, probably had to do with like growing up in church and being asked to think about death at an early age. Um, not really in a sad way. Cause it was like, you're not actually going to die. Like you're, you're saved. Um, but still like the concept was brought into my life at an early time. So I was probably trying to just like grapple with it. Like recently I was thinking about that Disney movie, the Fox and the Hound. I don't know if you ever saw that, mm -hmm. but it's like they're friends. But then at the end of the movie, like they can't continue their friendship because they just live in different worlds. And it's just like them leaving each other. And it's like not a happy ending in the slightest. And I would just like rewind the end and like make myself cry or like a little later in life, there's this book bridge to Terabithia where one friend dies. And I don't know if I was like trying to poke at that part of myself to like get used to it. Cause I knew it was going to happen and I wanted to like get ahead of the game in terms of knowing how to mourn. But yeah, I think that this song kind of like poked at the same part of me. And and the way that you described but sort of Bowie and, and, and specifically that track Five Years, like for most kids, when a song presents itself that isn't, let's say, Madonna, you know, that, that kind of, you know, formulated, you know, instant hooky pop that's spelt out in front of you, most kids would be like, uh, fuck this, I don't make any sense to me. Like, g yeah. g give me some more pop because it's it's you know it's it's easy like why do you think you kind of persevered with something that wasn't there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quite a straightforward. I think it had enough qualities of what I usually listen to because it is kind of dramatic mm. and it's theatrical and it does have this like repeated part and the way that he sings, like he sings a bit like an actor and he also talks about actors in the song. And um, yeah, I think it was just like sort of a, not in the bad way, but like a perversion of what I did know and love. Yeah. And um I don't know, kind of like switched the tracks on maybe where my taste was going. And yeah. I'm glad for it. Two eyes that died in the same year as well. Yep. Prince died on my birthday. Oh, no. Yeah, that weren't a good day. No. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was in Vienna, of all places. And, uh, and there was no, sort of, you know, British-speaking TV. And uh, so I just slung the news on, like, first thing in the morning. And... I think the phone then went, and it, it was like my wife and kids were like phoning me up to say happy birthday, and I just sort of glanced to the screen, and the subtitles were just like Prince dies, and I was like, "Fuck, Prince is dead!" Like, yeah. this is, and and both people like Prince and Bowie, they both to me, they're gonna live, you know, they, they were gonna live forever. They, you know, oh, they, yeah. they, they're not they're not human. They're like there's yeah. something different. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're cultural zombies. Yeah. <laughs> That's a perfect description. That's exactly what they are. I'm, I'm using that. I'm having that one. Thank you, Lucy. Cool. Um, well, also standing the formative years for track three, I'm going to ask you, please, to uh, tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. So I'm going to say Just Like Heaven by The Cure. Oh, what And obviously not because it came out while I was in school, but um, my first boyfriend who I met at church camp, actually my song VBS is about this guy. He showed me the song. He's like, this is our song. And I loved it so much. I'd play it all the time. And even after we broke up, we were in eighth grade. It wasn't really a breakup. Um, I went to high school and like everyone knew I loved the cure. And so any person that I dated would independently be like, just like heaven is our song. And I couldn't be like, actually I have, that's, me and my ex's song, like we can't, we can't have it. So like, yeah, it just kept recirculating as this romantic thing, but with like many different people. And I just kind of had to keep it to myself that like, <laughs> ultimately the song is mine yeah. and like everybody yeah. else can just do what they want. Um, and I also had a band, uh, my high school band are actually the people that still record me. And uh, before they asked me to like fully join the band, I would just come up and sing just like heaven with them. And there was this day where we were playing at like a local venue in Richmond. I live in Philly, but I'm from Richmond, Virginia. And like the whole crowd, there were like 12 people that I either dated or was currently dating or wanted to date me. And it was very stressful. So, uh, it, it felt like a, like the hijinks of a bad teen TV show. So that song always, 
So kind every of makes single me laugh. one of them people thought you was playing that for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, like one foot on the lip of the stage, like fist in the air, like um and two of my friends afterwards like came up on stage and like took me out and were like, We're leaving. You need to get out of that situation. So, um yeah, I don't know if anybody ever really figured it out. Oh, incredible. Incredible. Do you know what? Mentioning that Prince died on my birthday, I also share my birthday with Robert Smith. There you go. Another bizarre, wow. bizarrely stupid uh, thing. What, when is your birthday? April the 21st. April 21st. Yeah. So you're a uh, Taurus? I am. I am. I'm a Taurus. Oh, are you? May 2nd. All oh, right. So what, yeah. what, what? I mean, I don't actually ever kind of look into that. I think we're meant to be, are we meant to be quite stubborn? Stubborn, but also like stable. You know, I think that yeah. we, we really, uh, <laughs> the vo- we my, do... my, my voice changed then stubborn <laughs> and you went, uh, yeah. And kind of quite balanced. I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went all balanced mm-hmm. then. <laughs> I don't That's know why. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're supposed to be good hosts. We're supposed to give good advice. We can be, uh, annoyingly stubborn. Um, for some people boring just cause like we know what we want and some people, think that that's boring but yeah excellent well let's let's um before we start i want i want to ask about school but uh first of all can we just bang on a little bit about how fucking incredible the cure are oh yeah let's do i that. would love to do that <laughs> yeah i feel like they're i see them as a big influence on me and i don't know if other people can tell that like um like hot and heavy the whole end section I feel like is very similar to their song close to me mm-hmm. that I also love and nobody's called me on it. I mean, it is different enough, but I was definitely like thinking about close to me when we were recording that. They've got some intros. Mm-hmm. They've got so many. Good, I mean, just like heaven's a great intro as well. Yeah. That little synth line over the top. That's the payoff. When that drops, it's like, Oh, there's euphoria right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Have mm-hmm. you seen them? I saw them at Lollapalooza in 2013, I think. And it was like the best day of my life. And this guy kept trying to chat me up and be like, yeah, I love the cure too. You want to dance? And I was like, no, go away. I'm having an experience. (laughs) I waited for this. I never thought this was going to happen. But yeah, I, next time they announce a tour, I'm just buying a ticket to wherever I can see them. Yeah. I I I saw them. Um, maybe just before the lockdown in the UK, um, wow. in Hyde Park, and I've seen them quite a lot, to be honest, Lucy. And I, I see them. I first see them on the Wish tour, I think, like because wow. I'm well old. Like I, I saw them then, and they, if I remember rightly, they encore with Foxy Lady. Um, but wow! Um, but the last time I see them, I've seen them a few times where they've just kind of when like blood flowers come out, and they kind of just wigged out a lot, and it was mm-hmm. like it. it and it went on for a long time, and, and I'm a huge fan, but it was like, okay. But the last time I see them, they literally just went, right, this is a big park, and let's just give you all the hits and all Aww. the ones that you want. And it was just a beautifully sunny day, which doesn't happen very much in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, and they just deli- – I think they come on to Pictures of You, and it was just like – Oh, my God. Here we go. And, uh, and yeah, they just didn't come off the gas. It was just incredible. And it was one of them, 
One of them gigs where I kind of I'm actually looking at my I've got a little picture here on the wall. I've got the, the, I've got a little signed picture of disintegration. I've got oh my like, just got Robert written on it. But um, wow! But yeah, it was like it was such a good gig. It was like all the bands. It was such an old man gig for me. It was um, I got I got I caught up with all of my old pals like oh, from cool. when we were young, uh, and it was who was it? It was the Cure, Slow Dive, Ride. It was like all of the bands from like wow. the shoegaze early nineties stuff, and it was like Ugh. I'm going to get to revisit it all again. And uh, yeah, a lot of them. I'm kind so of... jealous of you. <laughs> it was really. Oh, Interpol were playing as well. Yeah. It oh my was, gosh. Uh, yeah, Gold Frap. It was. It was a good day. It was a good day. But uh, anyway. I digress. Somehow I'm banging on about myself, which isn't what I'm meant to be doing on this podcast. I mean, you're banging on about the cure, and that's always fine by me. Oh, good, good. Um, <laughs> tell me about school. How was it? Was it uh, a good experience? I actually liked school. I was a huge nerd, and I – well, I liked high school. Um, I went to this – I, like, tested into this – nerd school basically so everyone there was nerdy and so nobody was and I was a lot more comfortable than I was in middle school I was like part of the kind of like preppy group in middle school and I just didn't fit in and they definitely let me know um but yeah I I kind of got through high school like without hating it too much um I still like go back there sometimes and see teachers and um, it has a really long name. It's called the Maggie L. Walker governor school for government and international studies. Jesus so, Christ. That must yeah. be pretty, that's going to take up half a page on your headed paper. Yeah. It's like nine words. I think <laughs> 10 words. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> did you, um? did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Um, I wanted to be a therapist for a while, um, okay. which I think is cool. And the world definitely needs therapists, but any teenager that's like, yeah, I should be a therapist. Like you have to be a little bit maybe like egotistical. I think it's just cause I've always been the friend that other friends come to for advice or to like to tell secrets. And like, I do like that about myself and it satisfies like the gossip within yeah. that I get to know everybody's secrets and hold them. Um, and that's a Torian trait, right? Yes. To be like the keeper of all. I think that we, we thrive in control. Um, but yeah, I, I, did, I never really thought I would do music even like a year into doing like after my first record came out, I kind of like saw it as a fluke and thought like, this will be a cool experience until it's over and then I'll do really? something else. Yeah, no, this doesn't make any sense. It's starting to make sense because I'm like, okay, I've been doing this for five years now and I have three records and two EPs and I tour all the time. So like it, my life makes sense, but for many years it really didn't to me. I talk to lots of musicians about this and, and do, do, you, do you get that imposter syndrome of like, how am I here? How am I doing this? Um, yes, not maybe the same way that other people do. Like I know how I wrote my songs. Like I, I don't get imposter syndrome about being myself um, because that's all I know how to do. 
Um, and that is basically my job title, but I do sometimes like enter a space that's very fancy. And I'm like, I wonder who's going to turn around and be like, wait, how did you get here? You're not supposed to be here. Um, but I, I kind of love like really weird, different experiences. So I try to just enjoy it and be like, if I'm here, I'm meant to be here. So might as well like not spend the evening self-hating. Do you, do you actively kind of look for, you know, if an experience sort of presents itself, are you always leaning on the side of yes? I'm trying to do that more because my impulse is no. My impulse is like, stay still, another Torian trait, <laughs> like stay home, like do something comfortable. Um, just like getting a book and my tea sounds awesome. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I finished my tea before we started, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm trying to just say yes more and it has brought me to some really cool scenarios. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wonderful. Track four. The first song you may buying from a record store, please. Let me look on my list. Well, okay, I... If you're not talking about vinyl, the first CD that I bought was from Target, and it was American Idiot by Green Day. Okay. And the first song on that record is American Idiot. So I feel like that might be the real answer. Cool. So um, would that have been – how old would you have been then? Um, maybe 10. Right. Yeah. So would you – I mean, I guess, you know, we, we spoke about Bowie, but was was the kind of sort of – the alternative side of, of, of music and that appealing more to you, you know, at, the, at them formative years more so than the more kind of mainstream pop already. Yeah, I definitely was trying to build my own music taste. Um, and actually my parents heard like all the curse words. It was like the unedited version and they threw it away. And uh, I, still don't have it. I've thought about how, like, if I see that anywhere, I should just buy it like as a full circle moment. Um, but then they tried to make up for it and they gave me a Jason Mraz CD who we actually went to the same middle school. Um, really? And yeah, it was like hometown pride. He wasn't like super famous at that time either. Um, yeah. So 
they were like, sorry, we threw away your Green Day CD. Here's Jason Mraz. But then on the inside, there was a picture of him. Like we took off the plastic wrap and there was a picture of him. And he had like a pin on his jacket that said, I heart sex. My mom grabbed it and blotted it out with a Sharpie and then handed it back to me. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, you you know, and I'm going to ask this question with the greatest respect. Like, how, How did you find like that kind of... Um, what's the word? Um, censorship, I guess. Um, I didn't like it, but I didn't have like a really big rebellious phase. Um, I think it just seemed like too much trouble. And like my mom was always threatening punishment. And so I knew her boundaries really well. And so I would just kind of like, take what I could get when I could get it. Yeah. Um, Cause also I think I, it's like weird. I, w- I think that I was a good kid, but also I was a very strategic kid. And so I knew that I needed to stay like having my parents think I was a good kid in order for them to let me do anything at all. Yeah. So I, I followed the major rules and then kind of like did what I wanted uh, when they weren't looking. <laughs> So what other stuff was kind of happening around then, you know, the, the time that you was buying Green Day? What other stuff was you and, – and where was you seeing this? Was, like, MTV allowed on at home and stuff like that? I would get home from school before my mom because she would have to, like, stay at her school until all the kids got picked up by their buses and stuff. And I would have, like, 30 minutes or something to watch anything on the TV. And uh, I would watch – MTV and they always had like a artist of the month. I forget who they call what, like what it was called, but I remember finding Kate Nash from that and Adele from that. And, um, the Wombats, I think, um, Kings of Leon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. So I was seeing like music videos cause they were still doing music videos. TL TRL, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then also like neighborhood kids and like people on the bus, the bus was really like a huge ordeal as a kid because my middle school and the high school shared buses. And so you'd have kids that were like nine and kids that were like 18 on the bus together. And like all the older kids would try to like corrupt the younger kids and like give them, you know, recommendations or like teach them dirty words. And so maybe I got my green day recommendation from like a, 10th grader on yeah. the bus. And in regards to sort of record stores, as you got older, did, did record stores become places? And, and certainly now, you know, as, as an artist, you know, are you a fan of the independent record stores? Yeah, definitely. Like in high school, I would go at least once a week. But in middle school, like I grew up in kind of a country area and there weren't any uh, record stores but then that nerdy high school that I went to was in the city and walking distance from a lot of cool things. Um, so yeah, that's when I like found out about vinyl and like vinyl was coming back and my, I asked my dad to fix his record player and um, yeah, I just like flipped through records with friends and all their dads were like cool, you know, like who liked the cure and like Yola Tango and Wilco and uh, Radiohead. So yeah, in high school, I kind of started to inherit my friend's dad's taste, basically. Yeah. You're making me sound really fucking old, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> just, think, 
you just rattled oh. off all of them that were like, yeah, that's what I was listening to when I was like 14, 15, 16. Shit, I'm old. Yeah. Like, I mean, so was I, though. That's what <laughs> I was listening to when I was 14, 15, and 16. And now I still listen to all of those bands. All right. Well, let's talk about when you were maybe a little older, hopefully a little older. And for track five, uh, the song <laughs> that soundtracked your years clubbing. And I should stress with this question, um, because generally I found that 80% of guests go, oh, I weren't really into clubbing. And and I think that that's based on the kind of idea that it was, you know, that lost summer in Ibiza, you know, shirt off raving. This can be your local rock bar. This can be your local indie club. This can be any kind of, you know, space where, you know, you would dance and enjoy yourself in them sort of formative years. Yeah, I definitely went to a lot of local shows and I was trying to find songs from that time that like were on Spotify, but they don't exist. Like all those bands probably existed for like a year tops and never played shows outside of Richmond, but those were like my favorite songs. And we'd go see bands like every time they played and sometimes they'd play like twice a week in Richmond. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have a clubbing phase. I'm honestly interested. I wonder if my clubbing phase is yet to come. I would not be against it. Um, but there's two songs that we always played at parties that everyone would like gather for and just like freak out to. And it's dance yourself clean by LCD sound system and, uh, you, me dancing by Los Campesinos. Oh, wonderful. They're, we still play those Los Campesinos. I definitely associate to high school dance yourself clean. We still play all the time. And especially every new year's we time the drop to midnight. Oh really? How wonderful. So I even played a show new year's of into 2020 before we knew what the world was going to become. And, um, I stopped my show and was like, okay, everybody like, I'm not going to play the next song. We're just going to put it over the speakers. And we had all these balloons and like confetti and passed out champagne to everyone. And it was very good. Oh, I love that. What a wicked thing to do at your own show as well. Go, I'm not going to play my thing now. I'm going to play this and you're going to really like it. Oh, yeah. amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's take you home because for track six, I'm going to ask you please to tell me um, a favorite song from an artist from your home County, please. So I live in Philly now, but I'm from Richmond and I listen to Black Messiah by D'Angelo all the time. And I was trying to pick one song and I feel like really love is usually the one I would pick, but I'm going to pick Back to the Future Part One because it has a Richmond reference in it. And D'Angelo is just so good. Like he has kind of like a mysterious like vibe. I feel like he's not always in the public eye and i think that's by choice um but he's so good at everything yeah yeah absolutely um i mentioned earlier about you sort of choosing a, a you know a famously uh tough um industry to to you know to 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 have success in and and, and to reach the level of success that you've had and to have that amount of, sort of records under your belt is, is is incredible so would you say, I want to ask you about confidence. I want to ask you if you're confident. And then I also want you to tell me if you think you're driven. Hmm. Um, I actually think that I am confident. Uh, I don't think about it much, though. 
uh, I can tell when I'm not, and it's not the default. So I think the default's confidence, and then occasionally I feel very out of my element and like not good. Um, but yeah, I feel I feel lucky that I usually feel. I think that like overall, like I think that the stakes are pretty low about most things, yeah. and that helps confidence. And also knowing that like everybody else around you is having their own internal dialogue. It's like, oh, okay, well, people aren't even paying attention to me probably because everyone's being self-obsessed. <laughs> so I can just kind of like the weight's off. Um, and then the, the driven part. Yeah, I, I also think that I'm driven. <laughs> um, I think that I just enjoy making things happen. Um, and I don't think that I'm just driven like work-wise, but I feel very driven to like, maintain a certain level of joy in my life and like to encourage that in the people around me. And so my work's part of that. Um, I feel like just noticing, uh, noticing how I feel and being like, I need to change something. Um, and like noticing other people and getting to learn what makes everybody I love happy and, like taking stock of that and being around to just like remind everyone that they could be happier. Um, which I have a hard time doing these days cause I travel so much. It's hard to be around, but, um, I do have this big drive to like set myself and everyone I love up with a life that they can be proud of. Wonderful. <laughs> Last track, Lucy, and this is where you get to play Tastemaker. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you, please, to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. I'm going to pick If You Met Her by Palehound. I don't know. Have you heard this song? I haven't, no. Palehound are an incredible band, and they opened for me um, for the first half of our fall tour that we just did in the U.S., and Ellen, the singer, is such an incredible writer and guitarist. And, um, whenever I see them play, I'm like, how is this band not just huge? You know, like I, I really feel inspired by Ellen and the song, uh, it's about her meeting a new girlfriend within a time period of grief, having lost a friend. So holding these two emotions of like missing this person so much that meant so much to them, but also having this like hopeful flighty feeling and trying to reconcile them and really mourning that like those two people will never meet. It's really complex, but it's also like catchy and yeah, it's just really beautiful. Well, we put together a, a Spotify playlist to accompany uh, the, the podcast, Lucy. So we put on there uh, all of the tracks that, um, we've spoken about today and and as we sort of come to the end of 2021 which you know and and hopefully 2022 will be uh, a more relaxed connected and 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 positive place than than maybe the way this year started um with that in mind what are you looking forward to next year personally and what's going to be happening professionally hmm well, I'll do professionally first. I'm touring a bunch. Knock on plaster. Um, 
and I will be coming to the UK nice. and hopefully to Europe. I mean, again, like fingers crossed because of COVID. Um, but the plan is that I'm going to be over there and we have a bunch of cool stuff planned that isn't announced yet. And it's the best job ever. So I hope it, it can all happen personally looking forward to, um, Hmm. Hmm. What to say that I'd be willing to share. I usually like to keep things like this so precious to me, but I do feel like there must be something. I mean, there's still a lot of people I haven't seen because of lockdown that I just want to connect with. And I want to spend more time with my brother and um, a couple of friendships that have really withered that I think can just be watered and blossom again. So yeah. Lovely. Lovely. That's a perfect way to finish. Um, cool. Lucy, um, thank you so much for giving up your time today. Uh, you've chosen some ridiculously brilliant records. Yay. And, and You're going to put the whole Phantom of the Opera soundtrack on the playlist. Yeah, and I'm going to put Just Like Heaven on there 14 times as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One for all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and as soon as you come over to the UK, then I look forward to coming and, um, and watching your show. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Same Lucy. Yeah, great talk. Thank you. There you go. Our call was Lucy. <sighs> Always a pleasure to talk about The Cure. Always a pleasure to talk about Prince. Uh, so many good records were discussed there. Um, go keep and well, yeah, go follow uh, Lucy on the socials. Keep an eye out for when she's over in the UK. If you're based in the States, then go check out them tour dates. Go get stuck in. We'll be back next time. In the meantime, go check out the back catalogue. As mentioned, there's so many episodes. Go get... Go have a, a good rummage around over there and see which ones you like. Better still, subscribe. If you subscribe, you won't miss any episodes. They'll all just pop up on your listening device. What more do you need to know? Everything else you need to know is at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Stay beautiful. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu Whiffin. Hey,